Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash Virgin Radio UK. Welcome to the show. Vassos is here. Aloha. Rachel's not here. There you go. That proves that. Uh, Rob Brydon's going to be here later. Tell me about Rob Brydon, please, Vassos. Everybody loves Rob Brydon. He's hilarious as himself. He's hilarious as Uncle Bryn, as a man who would never lie to you. He's in all the movies you've ever seen, including the new Barbie film out this Friday. Yes, he is. On the eve of the open golf, he plays off seven, which is annoyingly good. Oh, so I was lying about that. I just wondered if you'd say it or not. Well, you just told me that, and I just thought, how does he have time to play a set? That Im- this is how Vassar's research is. is lots of, um, you tell him anything that's stick it. What I, I, what I, I can tell you is fact. Both. Aidan Turner, who was our guest yesterday, yes. off air, all he wanted to talk about yes. was Rob's new podcast, right. Bryden On, which um, he mentioned the Steve Coogan episode yesterday, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's not new, and it's called Bryden And. Bryden and uh, Ben Elton, Harry Hill, Ken Bruce, Charlotte Church. Um, also coming up on Bryden and the podcast that Rob Bryden is in to promote today. He's also coming to Carfest next month, fronting the superest of supergroups. Yeah, and hosting and appearing on all the panels on all the hate bells because he's absolutely gorgeous. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Tuesday, Rob. Uh, hi, Chris and the team. Up early to head out on a dog walk before looking after my gorgeous granddaughter, Olivia. Can't wait to see her. Happy Tuesday, also, Sandra in Sussex. Happy Tuesday, Sandra. Have a beep. Have a cinch beep on us and them. Cinch.co.uk, our partners. Morning, Chris. Please, can I be in the club? I am... Lo- Stop it. Stop it. Um, I'm looking after my cat who's recovering from major surgery. Three days till summer holes, too, as I work in a school. Loveless and Parsley, the cat from Highworth. This is pet news because we have a dog text coming up. Um, where's my dog text? <laughs> Here we go. Um, I've done that one already. Uh, Peter Louise in Crete. Please, could we have an international beep this morning? We are listening from Crete where it's red hot. Of course it is. Okay, here we go. International listener time. International listener time. Oh, yeah, yeah. International listener time. International listener time. We're on our holly bobs and having an awesome time. Pete and Louise in Crete. Good. Stay safe, please do. Die in sunny Barnsley. Can I have a confidence-boosting beat, please? Yes, you can, actually. You can have more than that, because I've got something special for you, because you've inspired me to read something out. I've been invited to be on the panel at a Women in Business event in Doncaster today. I'm a bit nervous, but also really excited to take part, says Die. Well, Die, 
what you might want to listen to on the way, as well as Virgin Radio, of course, you might want to... We'll, we'll allow you a little sort of stay of listening purely because um, I can point you towards Andrew Huberman's podcast, The Huberman Lab. He's a genius. His podcast has uh, experienced more exponential growth in the world than any other podcast in the last 12 months. He's like number two in the world now. And he only started doing this two and a half years ago. He's this genius. He's a neuroscientist. He's... he's um, He's a very clever human being. He has his own lab called the Human Lab at Stanford University. And he just picks a subject that he thinks is going to be beneficial to us. And then he just gives you a podcast lecture for a couple of hours on that particular subject. And it's astounding. He just talks about it. Sometimes he has guests, but not very often. And his latest podcast, which dropped 22 hours ago, is this. And Di, this is just for you. Here we go. How to enhance performance and learning by applying a growth mindset using science. Very clever. Very, very clever. His last but one podcast is how your brain's reward circuits drive your choices, because they do. And the one before that is science-supported tools to accelerate your fitness goals. It's not bad, is it? Mm. Yeah. Two and a half hours each, those are. <laughs> Straight off the bat, there's, there's your beach listening for you. He does research, Andrew Huberman. He yeah. just doesn't listen to his mate who says Rob Brydon's a seven handicapper and then parrot it on air. What the listeners wonder <laughs> yeah. is, for one who is audibly always shuffling paper... What's on the paper? Because it's clearly not research. There's clearly no notes that you're drawing from because you make everything up anyway. And then when you're not talking, you shuffle the paper. What's the paper? I think, I don't think the shuffling paper is really audible. <laughs> Hardly anyone can hear this. What's on the, those pieces of paper? That's my question. Because you never, clearly never refer to them. <laughs> I've got stories. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a story. <laughs> Morning, Chris and the gang. Can I have a confidence-boosting beep, please? Yes, you can have a confidence-boosting beep along with everybody else who wants one this morning, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want your confidence boosted properly, check out that Andrew Schieberman podcast. So yesterday on the show, I revealed my best-ever sandwich from the weekend. It's more of a wrap, really. It was a wrap. But it was ingredients sandwiched between a wrap and my ankle. Yes, it was a trick question, gang. Um, Rachel, my lovely physio, she says that if you get hemorrhoid cream, particular one, um, I brought it in actually this morning in case anybody wants some, and some Voltarol and you mix it together and then you rub that into and around the area where you think you have a muscle or tendon strain. It's not a bone thing, muscle or tendon strain. And then you wrap it in cling film. Just before you go to bed, you wrap that area in cling film to incubate what's going on anyway. It will add to the inflammatory effect of the potion and also, it'll stop you messing your bed clothes up, basically. So that was that. Um, and it got us onto hemorrhoid cream. And by the way, it does work. It does work. I've had pain in my ankle for the last 10 weeks since the London Marathon. And it's been decreasing. And she said, I could have told you this a few weeks ago, but you had to do your strength and fitness. And if I'd have fixed it like this with the quick fix, you wouldn't get the strength that you need, the scaffolding around it to um, help you in the future. And I did go for a run yesterday, for my 20K Monday run. And i got to tell you, my legs felt stronger than ever. So she's right because she knows what she's doing because she's a qualified physio with letters after her name. And she used to be the physio for the England men's and women's cricket team. Who are both in action in the next 24 hours. Yeah. So she knows Johnny Bairstow. Very well. So we have lots of Johnny Bester chats. He's a lovely guy, by the way, if you were wondering. Um, and so that got us under hemorrhoid cream. And I remember saying on this show a few months ago, maybe a couple of years ago now, how time flies, that some people 
get a little bit of hemorrhoid cream and they just dab it on their little finger and they just dab it underneath their eyes and it helps with um, getting rid of sort of dark, tired eyes. But does it? Oh, did I imagine that? Well, other uses reduce dark under eye circles, the hemorrhoid treatment. Website states that over-the-counter hemorrhoid cream is effective in fighting the appearance of dark under eye circles. But you've got to be careful while you apply this stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if this is all safe, by the way, at all. But it is uh, rumoured um, to also lessen blemish, swelling, improve muscle appearance. In an article on the ABC News website, it stated that applying hemorrhoid cream to your chest and waist can make you appear more muscular. <laughs> I'm not sure you should do it for that. We were going to talk about liposuction yesterday on the show because I don't really get adverts popping up on my various feeds. Um, I don't know why. I think because I've turned everything off that your phone can do to to harvest your information. But something's still on because it... I, by the way, I don't know why liposuction, liposuction came up because I've never talked about it. And I can't remember being with anybody who's talked about it. Therefore, how would my phone hear it? Or is it just because I've been having a look at a lot of fat chat lately? Mm. Could be that, could it I, would I be suppose. That, yeah. Do you think so? Yep. And it seems all wrong, the liposuction thing, non-surgical liposuction. And I do have a bit of a jelly belly. You know, I do have a little bit of a jelly belly there. And if that's visceral white fat, anybody had it? Anyone? Um, anybody got any anecdotal experience for, from having it? They say you can, like, go in and ca- for half an hour and carry on your day afterwards. If they can get rid of that. That's not big. No, no, but it's still jelly belly. Yeah, I suppose. No, I, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, I'd rather not have it than have it. Mm-hmm. And if it's half an hour and, and a few quid... Yeah. You know, around the corner, not even around the corner. It's over the bridge. It's a hop. It's not even a hop um, jump and a skip away. It's just a skip away. Um, And if it goes, well, you'd be skipping all the way for the rest of the day. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. Anybody had it? Have you got a jelly belly? Check it out. Don't lean back. Come on. I don't really. (laughs) Don't stand up. Sit down. (laughs) He's using all the tricks. (laughs) Let's have a look. Really? A bit of a jelly belly. No. No, no, I (laughs) I don't really. A little mini jelly. Mini, okay, I, well, little okay. I've got, look, you got you, you. I've got, I've got one. I've definitely got one. I, I mean, I've got one there. What you uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. If you yes. could pinch more than an inch, I don't think I could pinch more than an inch, but maybe an inch right no. at the front. Yeah. Um, if I can get rid of that, I would. Yep. I would, to be honest. Um, intermittent fasting might help. Fasting might help. It's our fat special. Um, you have dived into fasting. Yeah, so my friend it? Jade was telling me about her 36-hour fast. Yes. And I went, 36? Because I, I, I once did t- sort of 20, 24. Yes. And then I've been looking into fasting. Stage one fasting is 12 hours. That's mm-hmm. when you start to run out of glycogen, which yes. is your sort of like your, your, your Duracell in your muscles, your energy stores, uh-huh. and your body starts to... Um, burn fat for energy. That's called yeah. ketosis. Yeah. Stage two, after 18 hours, you're truly in a state of ketosis then mm-hmm. because your glycogen is almost entirely depleted. But this is good. Stage three, which happens after 24 hours of fasting. So you haven't eaten for 24 hours. Right. And your body starts to do something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Repair itself. What? This process is called autophagy. Um, which is when your cells start to get rid of components that are old, damaged or functioning poorly. Um, And, you know, so like it repairs damaged cells and like misfolded or damaged proteins, such as those linked to, say, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, are simply destroyed. 
All right, it's better to do this um, with a guide, isn't it? You can, you can, you well, can't no, sort I'm just of. Gonna do it. I'm going to do it. Reels. No, I'm, I'm just saying because we, we're on the radio, we can do what we want, but we're on the radio, and we're not qualified. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just caveating that. I think it's helpful to caveat it. Mm. But you know, if you talk to people, you know, if I talk to, I've got physio Tuesday's my physio day with Rachel. Mm-hmm. She'll know all about this. Then there's stage four, mm-hmm. which is 48 hours of How fasting. How many stages are there? Seven. We've got the news at half seven. Stage four is 48 hours where your human growth hormone in your body yeah. increases fivefold. You're going to be starving hungry by then, though, you? really you? would be, yeah. yeah. Stage six, 72. <laughs> 72 hours. Oh, no, it looks like there's only six stages. 72 hours after that. Because you can yeah, do a water fast as well. You have to do that under supervision. You have to actually go somewhere and do that. You'd be mad to do a water and food fast. Mm. But the food fast is really interesting because we have so much fat um, that our bodies, that, that we accumulate, that our bodies um, have at their disposal should they need it. You can fast for ages, um, you know, as long as it's safe to do so, of course, and you're in the right state of mind. What happens now, because we're overcomforted and overconvenienced, if we take on too many calories, you know, um, so they go into our fuel tanks, they become visceral white fat. Mm. So there's the brown fat and there's the visceral white fat, which is the jelly belly fat. It starts on the back of your tongue and then it goes on your belly and then it goes on your thighs and then it goes on your butt and then it goes everywhere else. It goes on your neck, which is why you snort if you put on a bit of weight. Um, But um, if you are doing that and if you are, you know, if uh, if if you're taking on too many calories, then your fuel tanks become full. And if they become full of fat, because that's what you feel, mm-hmm. some fuel tanks are for, and you take on more calories and your fuel tank's full, what happens then? Your fuel tank expands and you just take on more fat. No, your stem cells create new fuel tanks. They go, oh, we need another fuel tank. Because they don't know when to, they don't, they don't know not to do that because mm-hmm. that's their job. That's why you keep getting more and more fuel tanks. You just keep filling up all the time. That's, that's, that's how amazing mm-hmm. our bodies are. It's incredible, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've been diving into um, whether or not, because I, I fast between uh, 6 p.m. and 11 a.m., right? Which I think is that's a 17 7 fast as opposed to 16, mm-hmm. which is really good. However, I do have coffee with milk in, and I've just found out that I've been wasting my fast, my freaking fast, for the last three years because my coffee has more than. Um, the sort of least number of calories you can take in without it firing up um, or or calming down your metabolism because your metabolism burns fat when it's not getting anything on board. And therefore, if you take in some food, it shuts down and your fast is over. Black coffee is fine because it's only three calories per cup. But you add some milk, oatmeal like mine, and it's suddenly got 60 to 100 calories in it. So I've been, I've been unintentionally break... What? 60 might be all right. How many cups of coffee do I have? I had one on the way here. I've got this one now. Yeah. No, I'm way over. And also, I have my throat sweets, which are full of sugar. It's not going to help, is it? Well, they might be full of sweetener, which might be all right. But um, come into the macchiato. It's very chic. No, I'm coming to the macchiato party. (laughs) Yeah. You get get... a little bit of froth on the top. Can you get me in? Yeah. Is my name on the door? Yeah, you have to... You have to drink it with your little finger out like that because yeah. it's very chic. Yeah, and um, remember, remember, we weren't supposed to eat all day. No. It was much. It was so hard to get food. It's so funny. Noah and I were talking about this last night. You know, we, in order to survive to be a human being, we used to have to go and get food, and now, in order to survive to be a human being, we have to generally eat less food. And it's still a case of survival and having to do things we don't necessarily want to do. Mm. It was once chasing animals, and now it's not going near the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's about survival. We always have to survive one way or another. 
That's why it's mad being a human. So it's our job, it's our mission, um, should we choose to take it on between now and Friday, to give you as many useful super hacks, all the fun, all the fun hacks, all the fun facts um, between now and Friday before we go on our summer break. So um, you can take them with you, you can do what you want, you can forget about them, don't really mind. So we're talking about fasting. Vassus, you're going to have a fast. When are you going to kick it in? I'm going to eat tea as normal on Thursday night. Right. And then not eat on Friday morning again as normal, uh-huh. but then not eat on Friday afternoon. Okay. Get on a flight to Bangkok uh-huh. on Friday evening at mm-hmm. half past nine and not eat for the 11 hours of that flight. So I reckon I'm going to get to about 36 to 40 hours of fasting. Um, the only the only thing that would stop me is if Caroline gets cross if I get grumpy. Okay. That, but And you do get hangry quite a lot. Yeah. You are, you are known for your hanger. Yeah, I've been better in the last sort of six months. With your, because you do eat a lot of food, don't you? I do eat a lot of food, but I do burn a lot of calories. Yeah, but I do do intermittent fasting on some days. Please, could you? Sorry, sorry, three day fast. Hello, Chris and Vassas. I did a three day food fast, Uh, excuse me, only consuming water, and I felt absolutely fine. In fact, I felt brilliant and could have done another couple of days, but I was missing the actual process and fun of eating, says AJ. Well, there's a few famous actors, really renowned actors, who don't eat the day before they have a scene because it really apparently sharpens the mind. And there, there's different science behind that as well. Um, Felix says he couldn't fast because he would get bored uh, because he eats when he's bored. Uh, and therefore, he now thinks he will get bored if he doesn't eat. It's very similar to the metabolism um, myth that. You know, you're not going to get bored because you don't eat. You are eating because you're bored. And why do we do it? It's called emotional eating. People eat for different reasons. Our levels can drop when our brains aren't being stimulated, such as when we're bored. This triggers us to take an action that will bring us pleasure, which brings our levels back. Eating is one of those pleasures. There are other pleasures (laughs) that may burn calories instead of um, adding calories. I remember... um, Tidying the drawers. Gardening. Yes, yes. Fettling in the garage. Mm-hmm. Going for a walk. And other things. Shuffling. Besides. Shuffling. Um, Paul Tonkinson, the comedian, came yes. in with his book. And um, one of the chapters, and he was telling us about it, was uh-huh. he went to Switzerland to a very expensive clinic with his Ooh, friend Michael McIntyre. Yes. Where you pay a load of money for them to not feed you. Mm. And then after about two or three days of being not fed for mm. three days, so basically a three-day fast. Mm. He went for a run mm. in the mountains mm. and he said it was one of the greatest runs of his life. He was filled with this new energy and he didn't know where it came from because obviously it didn't come from food. Interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people wonder what the spleen's for. And if you read, uh, what's the deep, deep sea diving book? Oh, uh, yes, I know. It's called Endure. It's called Endure. I think it starts with this chapter on uh, diving. Um, what's it called? Free diving, and uh, they explain what the spleen's for. So, uh, free divers, all free divers who are involved with world records, dive to the moment when they black out, um, and it's so dangerous. And some of them have died doing it, and uh, or, or caused severe brain damage doing it. And it sort of, it, I don't say this lightly, but it sort of goes with the territory. The more you read about it, um, what happens is you black out because you run out of oxygen, and then your spleen. You have to rely on the fact that whilst you blacked out, your spleen explodes and creates brand new blood, which is automatically oxygenated, and then you get all this extra energy. So it is amazing what our bodies can do 
Um, because of course we were we were so tough. We were all built like Marvel superheroes, mm. weren't we? Back in the day, we all had different physiques and different jobs, but we're all very handy. We all had our place, you know, in the team, and that's why if you read David Goggins' book, I've never read David Goggins' book. I've I've listened to a bit of it on Audible. Maybe I'll um I'll, I'll read that over the summer. It's called You Can't Hurt Me. And David Goggins always says he's this really famous athlete. He's an ex Navy SEAL. He was turned down for the Navy SEALs because he had a hole in his heart and he wouldn't take no for an answer. And then he went and did that. And then he ran. He's run ultra races, ultra marathons, hundred miles, two hundred miles in over hundred degrees heat with broken legs and things. He's so tough. This guy. He also holds the world record for the most chin ups. I can do three, and I'm really happy because six <laughs> months ago I couldn't do one. He, his world record. In it's like I don't know, it's thousands, isn't it? It's thousands in uh, within a day. He's it's anyway. He's unbelievable. What by the way is a chin up, underarm or overarm? Because one's a pull a up, chin one's up a chin is, up. Chin up is underarm, right? A pull up is overarm. Which is most most difficult? Because <sighs> de- one a, is one is definitely most difficult. Well, a chin up uses your biceps more. I'm gonna have a go. What's and then a, this? What's over, what's that's over? a that's a pull up. Okay, pull up. That's a pull up, so, and that's using your lats, so, so your back one. muscles. I don't think I can do the other one. So yeah, you I'm probably going, could. Yeah, you probably could. I can't even jump up. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't even jump on the bar to do the other one. Apparently, the thing to aim for now. I think I've just pulled my Achilles. <laughs> How stupid is that? Um, yes. Is a muscle up? No, the thing to aim for is the thing I couldn't just do. You can't bypass the thing and say, "Oh, yeah, well." No, you could do. You could okay. so you you've done your pull up, uh-huh. right? So your your chin is above the bar, yes, and then you continue to sort of push yourself up so that the bar is by your waist. Oh, well, that's easy, but the ceiling's too low, so I can't. I would do it. I would do it for the cameras, <laughs> but I just can't because the ceiling's in the wrong place. Who put the ceiling there? Yeah. Four thousand and thirty pull-ups in seventeen hours, David Goggins. This is ridiculous. So the reason I was referencing him is because he always says there's mu- we have much more in the tank in all aspects mm. of all aspects of our physicality. To he he thinks this is when you're exerting energy. He thinks if you're running in a marathon and you've hit the wall, he says you're only at 40%. Forget like day to day. He says you're like 5% day to day doing stuff like that. He says, but if you are trying to do something hard physically, even when you've trained for it, he says when you think you're at your limit in the gym or whatever it is, you know, training to exhaustion, sometimes muscle exhaustion or whatever, he says you've got 60% left when you think you're at your limit. Mm. That's how hard he is. And he's probably right. I don't know. I can't push. I can't push myself. You like that. You like the pain. It's called the pain cave, isn't it? It's not. It's not the pain that I like. It's the fact that you sort of you enter this state of flow. Yes, Th- that's what I like. Yeah, it sort of has to hurt to get there. It's but called then, the pain cave, though, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. Tash likes the pain cave. Mm. According to Walter, this amazing ultra runner, she likes the. Pa- she talks about the pain cave. She can't wait because she knows she can't really perform until she gets there. And the whole of, you know, say she's in an ultra and she's six, seven hours in and she's beating everyone, which she does, um, including the men on, on most occasions. And she'll be six, seven hours in and then she's, oh, I'm just approaching the pain cave. And then she starts flying. Yeah. And that's how she beats the field. She trances the field. All right, Phil's had liposuction. Christoph, you did talk about liposuction a few months ago and you mentioned that Louis Theroux had it done on one of his docks so I went and had it done for my jelly belly it did hurt a bit and took about three weeks to recover but it's the best thing I've done and it's got me back into the exercise fitness regime because I'd look really silly if I let the belly come back says Phil I mean they say near me it's half an hour it's non-surgical and it's half an hour and I think there might be six half hours and people say like you just carry on your day afterwards 
The thing about it is, is because it's a quick fix and you pay for it, I just think life isn't really like that. Is it? It, it? Does it come back to bite you somewhere? Do you know what I mean by that? Well, we say everything worthwhile is on the other side of hard, and that's yeah. not hard. Just you know, skipping across the bridge and sitting down while somebody does something. Yeah, but also, Nora's getting in a car, and you've got a car, and I've got a car. Mm, I know, but I it's, got... that's not worthwhile. It is if you go and visit your. Oh yeah, you come on. Well, well, it is, well <laughs> sorry, mean, no, it so is. The... <laughs> We're talking about ultra running, yes, and um, the pain cave, mm-hmm. and you know you get in a state of flow after you know after that, you know you just suddenly it's like ah oh, here we go here we go this is yeah, this is the me this is the essence of me. Get in a state me. of flow, put on cruise control on the M twenty five. It's a state of flow. <laughs> David says just listen to you talking about fasting whilst out on my walking worthing. The best way to have your coffee first thing in the morning is to have what's called a bullet coffee. You put MCT oil in it. That's ghee, a type of butter. Thank you. Cacao, and finally the coffee. This will keep your body in a state of ketosis and keep the fast going. Have a great day. See, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm sure you're right. But that's too uh, frictionful for me, and it's too frictionful for many people. Uh, yesterday, I went to get my vitamins, um, my supplements, from the local uh, supplement shop. And they're so busy all the time because they're so good. And they talk to you about things, and it's nice to be in that shop. Um and the lady said, you know, for your, uh, what did I get yesterday? I got my omega-3 and I got my um, uh, vitamin D, B12. She said, you know, you should have the drops because um, they're better than the capsules. I, and I said, I know, but I won't, I won't do the drops. Too fiddly. She says, yeah, but if you do use the drops, they're going to get to where, it's going to get everything to where it needs to go quicker and more effectively. I said, I know, but I won't do the drops. I said, I'm better doing the capsules, aren't I, than not doing anything. And if you sell me the drops, I'm not going to do the drops because it's too fiddly in the morning. I don't have time. You know, I actually do all my supplements in the car on the way to work. That's when I do them because you have to have them with some sort of food, don't you? Um, so if you are fasting, apparently you can drink coffee without milk. You can drink coffee with almond milk because almond milk's really low in calories and fat. And you can have one of your chaps. What is it? Your coffee? Oh, a macchiato. Because that's just a hint just of something. It's like a little a, a suspicion a of froth, yeah. Yeah, which is like a placebo of milk, mm. isn't yes, it? It's it like is, yeah. you, you think milk, you taste milk. Mm. Simple as that. Exactly. I have too much milk in mine, so I'm going to stop doing that. So if you have a black coffee, you're okay with three to five calories. And you can drink as much herbal tea as you like during your fast, and it will not affect your fast at all. Yeah. So if you get hungry, have a cup of tea. Things like that. Uh, David's thing, the yes. bullet it's actually bulletproof coffee. Mm. I tried that for a bit. It's very, um, very prevalent. Let's say when you go to LA, they'll yeah. definitely be selling bulletproof well, coffees I amongst everyone. Won't everyone. be having any. Um, but yes, I'll it's, give it a go. Yeah, just it's for research purposes. It's 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 meant to it's meant to sort of turbocharge you into your day. But it didn't do it for me. I'm already done with that. I'm turbocharged all the way. Yeah. This is Dr. William Lee. It's on Feel Better. He's on Feel Better. Live more with our good friend, Dr. Rong and Chatterjee, episode 376. It's a must listen, I think, this um, one and a half hours of genius. Here's Dr. Lee talking about metabolism. You might not want to hear this, depending on what your take on metabolism is. But here's the truth. Here's the facts. Here's the science for your summer fat First of all, a few commonly held ideas about metabolism. We're either born with a slow or a fast metabolism. My sister was born with a with a fast metabolism. So she's skinny as a stick and can eat anything. Me, I was born with a slower metabolism. I f- struggled with food my whole life. How commonly 
do we, how common do we actually hear that kind of sentiment? Um, the other thing that we believe is that, you know, when kids are teenagers, um, they're, uh, they're eating two or three meals, they're bouncing off the walls, uh, their metabolism must be going off the, off the charts. Um, and then of course, that uh, when we reach our middle age, um, we're naturally going to expand our middle because our metabolism naturally slows down. It turns out all of those ideas are false. They're incorrect, scientifically incorrect, because within the, and the discoveries, by the way, to show they're incorrect, have been made just within the last two years. To me, this is the, the, the cool part about science is that we're still beginning to discover more about our own human nature. So why do some people have more trouble gaining weight than others? Because during those periods of time from 20 to 30s to 40s to 50s and 60s, life happens to us. Our, and, and so think about it. Our metabolism is hardwired. Mm -hmm. It's like the operating system in your laptop. It's going to do what it's going to do. However, uh, in our 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, life happens to us. We have stressors that prevent us from getting enough sleep or from exercising regularly. We have horm hormonal changes that can change our mood. We've got relationship pressures. We've got emotional stressors, financial pressures, job stresses, all these kinds of changes slow us down. And it turns out that, that, that it, it leads us towards behaviors that allow us to grow extra body fat. So in this research, when they added the effect of extra body, body fat back into the system, back into that stable metabolism, guess what happened? When you add extra fat into the system, it crushes your metabolism. So excess fat slows your metabolism, not the other way around. It's not the slow metabolism that at the beginning of life causes you to gain extra fat and extra weight. It's completely the inverse why is that surprising? And why is that good? Well, I'll tell you why it's good news. It's surprising because people don't think about it. It's good news because it means that we now have the power to be able to affect some change to fight that extra body fat in our middle years. We can now have the awareness that our operating system, our hardwiring is intended to actually be rock stable. So if we fight our extra body fat, that visceral fat, and if we actually stay active, Okay, and if we lower our stress and do all these things that actually help our fat be its normal, healthy self, okay, um, then it'll actually allow our metabolism, our suppressed metabolism, to rise back to the surface yeah. to where it wants to be. We can be aspirational for our, our metabolism. It's not our genetic fate. It is in our hands. Dr. William Lee, more of that well-being gold on Feel Better, Live More, episode 378, from wherever you get your podcasts. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and at them, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
All right, friend of the show, friend in real life, actual real life. We are friends in real life, and I love being his friend. I really do. Vasas, who am I talking about? From a starring role in the new Barbie movie to fronting the superest of super groups at Carfest, our next guest is a man of many talents, many voices, and one podcast. Series two of Bride and And is out now with a new episode every Wednesday. So let's welcome a man we'll never hide from. It's Rob Bright. <laughs> it was you, all right, wasn't you've it, been Rob? on a lot, Rob, and you know you've, <laughs> you've got to think of new ways to introduce you every time. He's on the back foot already, isn't he? We know why, don't we, Rob? Well, I I was listening on the way in, ah. and I heard he's in a surprising number of films for an actor. Oh, I spat out my coffee. I said, "Pull over to the side, turn the car, turn the car, <laughs> and we're going home." Doesn't he realise I'm an actor? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I heard, I heard. You didn't say, but what I heard was for an actor of such limited range. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I, knew, I got from I knew it. Rob, I Rob's a very sensitive man, which is why mm. he's so good, because he's got a very deep well of sensitivity to draw from, <laughs> you know, to, to utilise as super acting fuel. This has completely passed you by. I meant like the Barbie film. You wouldn't immediately <laughs> associate Rob with the Barbie film, but it turns out he's in it. He's Sugar Daddy Barbie. Sugar, Sugar Daddy, Daddy Ken. Ken Vassos. <laughs> Get your game together, please. I'll tell you, he's all over the place. He went on a bender on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Tried to style it out yesterday. We were having none of it. He could barely speak by the end of the show. And then he said, I was really grumpy yesterday, but I don't know why. Because you've been on the booze for 72 hours. I don't like to see you like this, I Vassos. Know. <laughs> I think of you as this healthy, fit guy who's. And what did you tell me once? You did those date days with your wife, which yeah, I thought I still was. Do. Yeah, fantastic. today. Tuesday, every Tuesday. Yeah, well, you'll be no use to her today. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Rob, I think you have been in. Uh, the right number of films and should be more, frankly. When the Barbie thing came out, yes. when when we went to the uh, premiere and everything, uh, there was quite a bit of stuff on social media the next day, which I wasn't quite sure how to take, which was, he's in it? <laughs> what? <laughs> and there was one one thing, one thing ran with Rob Brydon's claims that he's in the Barbie movie are setting the internet alight. Like it was a claim. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Rob Brydon tells us in... This is what he's claiming. This yeah, Joker no. is claiming he's in it. He was at the premiere because he's in the film, you muppets. And by the way, the team went to see the film yesterday. Mm. They think it's the best film they've ever seen. It's really, it's, it mean, it's really good. And here's the thing about it. It's what it is. And then it's lots more, right? That's the thing. And if you speak to people who've seen it, and if you look at the promotion, it's bright and and stylish and incredible. That's one element. Yeah. But there's this social commentary in it. There's this satire in it. Yeah. The humour, because it's Greta Gerwig, the humour is so sharp. Yeah. It's a, it's a delight of a film. So you play Sugar Daddy Ken. Yes. And your, but even your line is filled with moral um, uh, equanimity, isn't it? Moral ballast. Yes, yes. Almost. Well, there are lots of Kens and there are lots of Barbies. And uh, I heard you saying there's some embargo, isn't there, on talking about it? But what do I care? So, um, also, you haven't signed an NDA. Like I don't think team. I have. I might have done. Well, might I have done that? In uh, a you an autograph, uh, another <laughs> ten by twelve. The, the, there's, there's. Um, Lots of Kens in it. I mean, the main Ken, you'd have to say, is Ryan Gosling. He he, he features a little more than me. And you've probably heard <laughs> the buzz on him. He's so good in it. 
But you might think, what, playing how? Ken? Yeah, how? Exactly. Mm. Because he brings so much depth to it. And you go, what, playing Ken? Yeah. Yes. How do you do that? And that's what makes it so remarkable. And his, his, his comic timing in it is superb. And the pathos. Oh, it, it's, it's one of those things. Here's what I'm going to liken it to. When you first visit New Zealand... And you come back and you try to explain to people the beauty of New Zealand yeah. and you know they're not getting it. Uh-huh. They're going, oh, yeah, it's nice, is it? No, it's breathtaking. Well, it's a bit like the Barbie film. Yeah. It's like, honestly, it's like running a marathon. You just you just can't sell it to people. You've got to do it. Oh, I've never done that, you see. No, yeah. it's just, but it's about the runner's high and you only get certain things you only get if you put the work in or if you put the miles in or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's hard to have the conversation. And in a way, it's probably best not to have the conversation. Um, you, you don't want to say New Zealand, oh, it's rubbish. You don't want to say that, but yeah. It's, yeah. it's very hard because you then become frustrated yes. that you're not getting your point across and then you become even less believable as if you have some kind of uh, sort of side hustle going on mm. that will benefit you hugely by promoting New Zealand. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I was feeling that when we were out there. We've been twice now, but I remember the first time. I remember saying to my wife, out there, I went, oh. She said, what's the matter? I said, oh, I just know that when we tell people about this, <laughs> they're not going to get it. You're getting ang- pre-anxiety. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, let's talk about the Barbie film. No. We'll, we'll go back to the Barbie film yeah. just before we finish. You want to talk about your brilliant podcast, Rob Bryden and, not Rob Bryden on, on Vassos, and on. it's not a new podcast. <sighs> it's the second series of a hit podcast, and it's a huge podcast because it's part of the Wondery Gang. It is. Now, you know you've got a decent podcast when you're part of the Wondery Gang. What does all this mean that I'm talking about? Well, Wondery is uh, Amazon Music, Wondery. I think they do Smartless, which is possibly one of the best. uh, You know, that's uh, Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman and uh, Will Arnett, which is just a a great one. By the way, one of their best ones is with my friend Matthew Rees. And we've got Matthew Rees coming up. Uh, We did it a while ago now for the second time on Brideland. He's such a great guest. He's he's a bit like me. He's he's kind of old school, you know. He, He likes he likes. Likes an interview. He likes to perform and and be interesting in an interview. So that's what it is. Yeah, it's um, it's just me talking uh, to people, and I I only did it because of lockdown. Like a lot of people, you did you know, it in your loft in my in my little office at the top of the house, and uh, started as a YouTube channel. Then it spread out into becoming the longer audio version. Kind of harks back to where I started on radio and Radio Wales in the late 80s always loved interviewing people and um i I really i'm doing two today after i do this i I really like it and you're really good at it now the least performative person ever in an interview (laughs) there's not been a competition for it but steve coogan could be odds on favorite to win it that said because of how he is and because of how you are together and and different individually one of my favourite podcasts I've ever oh. heard in my life. Steve Coogan, Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan. Because you know each other, because he clearly trusts the, the, the beans of you, the bones of you. It, oh, they say, you know, the best conversations on the radio should be like your list, earwigging on two mm. people who are having a cup of tea. Never before has this been truer. Wow. Oh, my wow. goodness me. What a chat you had. And you went you went to all the places, didn't you, yeah. with him? Yeah. Well, I, I love Steve. I mean, we've, we've got... Um, we've had a real relationship over the years. I've got a lot to thank him for. He, his, his company made Marion and Jeff and Human Remains in 2000, which were the shows that sort of broke me 
I went into that relationship as a fan. You know, I used to watch what he did. There is no one better, in my opinion. Steve is as good as it gets. So then to get to know him and then to be this kind of, uh, he won't like this, double act. <laughs> he doesn't like that. <laughs> uh, to become this kind of double act on the trip. So that when we did, the, we've done two interviews now. The first one was over Zoom. This one that's currently up is, is uh, in person. Yeah, and, and, and it, we got some good stuff from him. Because as you say, Steve is the opposite of someone like Will Ferrell, yeah. who is also in, in Barbie and is brilliant. Will, who I did a a film with Vassos mm -hmm. called Surprisingly. Holmes and Watson. There's mm -hmm. a surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, Will is the loveliest <laughs> guy and likes to make you laugh. Yeah. Steve kind of clocks on and clocks off, you yeah. know, and, and it can be frustrating because he's a genius. And yeah. you go, come on, do that thing. If you ask him, he will. When we were doing all the trips, we'd be in the car and I'd say, what would Alan make of such and such? And he just goes into it. Yeah. So you get in your private Alan Partridge, yeah. and he does that in the, uh, I get him to redo some of the great Partridge bits in this interview. But we know each other very well, and uh, so we have a lovely conversation. You, you do, and you talk about the fact you first, when you first met him, and you just wanted to meet him because yes. you've been a fan, yeah. and it was in a bar hotel in It Reading? was after going to see him. I knew Julia Davis, and Julia and I had been in an improv group together. She was part of his live show. She was unknown, as was Simon Pegg, who was the other guy. Yeah. Unknown, Simon Pegg. You know? yeah. And uh, I'd arranged to go to Reading, to the Hexagon, to see the show. I'd said to Julia, right, I'll come and see you afterwards at the stage door. So I go to the stage door. She'd forgotten all about it. At the time, I was rather hurt. I now realise it's very easy to forget who's coming to see you after a show. I've done it myself. We go back to the hotel. There's Steve. Oh, wow. I meet him. I chat to him. I'm desperately trying to make a connection. You know, do you know, I know this guy. Do you know that guy? That was the first meeting. I had his attention until a, a willowy blonde wafted by. Yeah. And he went... And what was his uh, name? Uh... <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, he said, oh, I've I got to go. And off he went. And uh, But that was enough. That was the beginning. And you then gave him a tape, a videotape? I gave him Julia. I'd made, a, I'd made a tape of four characters. One of them was Keith Barrett that then went on to be in Marion and Jeff. So this is video, not audio? It was video, yeah. Right. Because I'd been in, I couldn't get arrested. You know, I was getting little parts, tiny parts and things. Then unsurprisingly. I was, un, <laughs> unsurprisingly, exactly. <laughs> then I got a part out of the blue in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels yeah. uh, as the traffic warden. Yeah. And I still get some people today who only know me from that. I, they're always cockneys. I come up to me and go, it's a traffic warden. Yeah. I, well, I, and I have done some other work, <laughs> but if that's what you like, that's fine. I made a tape off the back of that and uh, did four characters. Julia got it to Steve. He saw it. He liked it. And, you know, off we went. The rest is history. And hopefully also in the future too, there's talk about another trip. You do allude to that. You both say basically, yes, it's going to happen. Just depends when, which is fantastic news. Uh, <laughs> I love you for so many reasons. One of the reasons I love you is because I never know whether you're being ironic oh, or, or genuine. Oh and it's usually genuine. Oh. Uh, and it can be in the middle of a comedic conversation or exchange. And then you'll say something, I'm thinking, is that so dry? Or is that... And I can't spot the join, nor could Steve join the conversation. Nah. So you have this big chat about the fact that, you know, as, as, as you both mature... Mm. 
you know, um, you, you might consider as a double act to oh, go out on the road yes. and do an afternoon tour. Yes. Like yes, yes. Sir Roger Moore did. Yeah. And you do <laughs> you do that face. I don't know whether that's real or right, ironic. It, it is real, Chris, because who wants to work <laughs> at night? I I, um, I say to Steve. Yes. But you see, Steve is driven and he has to be number one. Yes. And he wants people to know that okay. he's number one. Yeah, right? yeah. That means a lot to him. Yes, right? yes. I, I'm fine. Can I be in the top ten? That's fine. I don't mind. Bob around. That's okay. Um, and I remember a few years ago, we nearly had Roger Moore on Would I Lie to You. He was booked, and we were so excited. Was it an afternoon recording? Uh, no, it would have been in the evening. Well, that's the problem. That's um, why he didn't turn up. And then, bless him, he, he got ill and he couldn't come on, but we were so excited. But I remember when I was on a tour some years ago, seeing a sign as I went around a roundabout and it, for the local theatre, and it said, an afternoon with Sir Roger Moore. Yeah. And I thought, fantastic. Perfect. Because then you're home, <laughs> dinner, you go to bed at the right time. And so I said this to Steve, um, and um, I was quite sincere. Number one, he wouldn't want to do it because he wouldn't want to share the billing. And number two, he said, I, 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 I think I'd be aiming a little higher. He, he, no, he, he said, that would be worst case scenario for me. Yeah. But you, you still Best case for me. Torch for it, though. You... Yeah, well, I'd, I'd be up for it. Yeah. yeah, I think it probably will happen. And you just give him a little nod a few years time going, we're doing it. I think, I think when he matures, he will see the strength. And he is maturing because he's grown out of cars. That's right, because he said, yeah. He's Here's another thing. Out of Here's cars. another thing. There was a, the old, uh, uh, was it a. Morris Minor. But wasn't it Peter, one of Peter Sellers' cars came up that for was sale? Oh, Yeah, came up for sale. And David Walliams. Uh, loves Peter Sellers as well. Everybody who's in comedy does. And I think we had a few texts like, oh, get this before Steve does or whatever. I said this to Steve and he said, oh, oh no, I said to him, I sent him a thing saying, why don't you, I suppose you've got to get this now before David does or something. And he said, oh, that, that's what my ex-wife sent me the same text, which I thought was rather telling, the two people that sent it to him. But he said, no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's grown out of it. So, so do you think you have something in common with his wife because you're both ex-partners? Is that the thing? Yeah, I think so. And you know him really well. I think so, and you know yeah. all his nuances. I think so. And kind of love him because he's a, he's a larger-than-life figure, Steve. There, and there's he's a, a genius. lot going on there. There's he a lot going on. an absolute genius. You also talk about the one time you, you had a, a proper, it was brief, Mm. But it was a really significant disagreement. Yes. Whilst whilst making uh, the trip, a trip to Greece, we're about to sit down. It's it's the bit if you see it where we talk about Ray Winston playing Henry VIII, and he sort of played him like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, gamble responsibly, and we were sat there, and Steve execute uh, responsibly. Execute. That would have been funnier. Uh, <laughs> let's do that again. Execute responsibly. Um, <laughs> And Steve started saying to me, you should do this and then maybe do that and then do this. And I was just, I thought, oh, I wasn't in the mood. I said, well, you, at one point, I went, will you stop directing me? And, and he went, are, are, are you serious? I said, yes. And then a stony silence fell over the table. And when I reflected on that, Chris, I think he was in the right because Steve is not like I am, conflict averse. He loves conflict if it if it helps to create something better so you bump up against each other and you get to a better idea and what i should have done because you can go back at him and he's very open yeah to no because you can challenge is, him yeah, that's fine because you're in the confines of the ring exactly if you like yeah, you know yeah and it's like because he wouldn't bother to say that to you because he's not bothered and he doesn't care exactly. unless yeah. he th he's in a situation where he thinks we're all going to care about this to the extent we might fall out temporarily yeah 
during the creative process. Are we here to make wheat or to eat sugar puffs? Do you want to eat yeah. sugar puffs? Yeah, 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 By the yeah. way, if you want to eat sugar puffs, I'm with you. But I thought we were making yeah. wheat. Yeah. Is that the difference? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it is. And, and it's just, it comes down to personalities. I am naturally conflict averse. I, I like everything to be to be just so. Uh, Yet you pr- actually instilled the conflict in that because it wasn't conflict until you got the hump. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but it didn't help because all it did was create a horrible atmosphere. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying. But <laughs> we just sat there sulking. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? Because how we because because you because you you didn't misframe it, but you have since reframed it. Yeah. But in the reframe, mm. there's another because the, the reframe is the first reframe is just the beginning. It's like uh, one of those um, disappearing disco tunnels you know they just go because yeah. you just keep, you go ah and you're so happy with the reframe because it makes you feel less anxious you go right that was that then you go well should we just take that stage yeah but further? now if, if we were to do it again now which which we may do that experience would be very helpful because oh great yeah we're, we're getting we're getting into the ring so yeah off we go and i'll come back no i don't think that's yeah, it it's all right. he's a lot more sure of his ideas than i am though he, yeah, he's yeah. very much courage of his con- courage of his convictions, convictions yeah. i'm more well, this could. What do you think? Maybe? Huh? I, I don't know. So it's it's a very interesting dynamic. That's, but that's why you're both brilliant together that's on why, the screen. That's why it works together. The, as we did it more and more, I found, and he did as well, that the poking each other with sticks, it's quite exhausting. And and I yearn for more of a Paul Whitehouse, Bob Mortimer type thing. You know, but that's where, what they do. But they do their thing. I know, and that's not that's what we the do. That's the thing, yeah, isn't it? You know, uh, but it's brilliant. So this, we're talking about just one episode of Rob Brydon, and it's in its second series. It's not a new podcast. Mm-hmm. It's very well established. It's very popular. Does great business for Andrea and everybody it involved does. in it, it as well. Does. It and does. you've got more to come. So yeah. uh, in the second series, Charlotte Church. Uh, Charlotte was fantastic. Andy Hamilton. For people who don't know, who is Andy Hamilton? He's a genius. Uh, Andy Hamilton is, is a wonderful comedy writer, and uh, people might know him from being on a million panels, but of course he wrote with Guy. Guy Jenkins, he wrote Drop the Dead Donkey, yep. uh, a, a million things. Great producer as well. Oh, yeah, Andy's, everything. Andy's top-notch and a wonderful interview. Um, uh, who have we got coming up? We've we've got loads in the in the bag at the moment. Matthew Reese, as I say. We've done Julia Davis. Julia doesn't do many interviews. So yep. it, it well, not Steve. No, Steve That's doesn't, That's the whole point he? about this. I know. Because I know. people trust you and they want to talk to you. There's that thing that Variety are doing now, Actors on Actors. Oh, yes, yes. Which yes. is awesome. Mm. But I, And I think that's sort of what you're mm. doing with your mates because everybody loves Rob Brydon. Well, I don't, I'm not looking for anything controversial. In fact, we, we had, um, there's someone that hasn't gone out yet. Uh, I won't say who it was, but I'm chatting to him. I know him a bit, as I know most of these people a little bit. And at one point I, I inadvertently stumbled onto something he didn't want to talk about. Right. And he became rather tense. And my brain was working in two departments. I was going, oh, I don't want this guy to be tense. But I was going... Oh, oh! This would be quite, you know, what they call clickbait. You know, it would be a, it would be a trail. But, but yeah. I don't want to be that guy. So we'll probably cut that the out. News line. Is That's not my, not my world. You know. Yeah. So um, I'm with you. But it was an interesting dilemma because it was, it was, it was like a little an angel and, and a devil on you? the shoulder. There's hmm? growth in this for you because it's not, you've not done it before. No, it's, it's, and I, I, I kind of love it. I love those. I love Alec Baldwin's podcast. You know, here's the thing yep. with Alec's deep voice. Yeah, yeah. He would say, and he, he what they edit it great at the beginning. They cut into the interview, so, he, so he'll say, uh, "Chris Evans began his career with so and so. He now finds that the uh, rewards of working are balanced with life with his family." And they go straight in, cut in hard yeah, yeah. into the interview, and then you're away. He's got a very old school Anchor style. kind of exactly, presence. which I love. Uh, but also, for people who don't know, um, Rob's 
podcasts are about an hour long mm. but what you get you do get the gold because they're actually highlights of the interviews but they're not sort of over edited because it's still mm. an hour and you get these lovely interstitials which is a bit like like um, a, a, an environment change on a sitcom yeah, where that's you right. shoot to that side of the building that's it's a bit right. like uh, comedians in cars getting coffee as well oh, you know they clip clip clip, clip. I love it's the that. best it's the best he's well, the best that's Jerry Seinfeld we... is the best of the best of the when best. we started out doing these on YouTube at about 17 minutes, we initially had quite relatively high production values in terms of the edit. We had a fantastic editor Surprising, who yeah. was going chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah. And it was great. But then that's one thing with a podcast. I think people want a natural flowing conversation. But oh, Comedians in Cars is... It's the best. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of philosophy it. thing as much it's as anything else. It's the best. So it's beautifully shot. Um, have you met him, Jerry Seinfeld? I've never met. I've never met Jerry Seinfeld. I've never met Martin Short, who's another mm. big favourite of mine. I think Eddie Murphy. Son- I who's met Eddie Murphy? Nobody's met Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. I tell you, met Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Nathaniel Parker. You're you know- answering your own question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's met Eddie Murphy? I'll tell, I'll tell you, who's met Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. No, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> Nat so Parker. Well. Nat Parker was in, I think, a film called Haunted Mansion, and he said that Eddie Murphy didn't come to the table read, the read-through, and Eddie Murphy impersonator came to the read-through. It's a good story. I'm and, not sure I believe it. Uh, well, believe it. Believe it. I can't believe it. And he did. And apparently, even when they would rehearse a scene, yeah. it was an Eddie kind of tribute act that would rehearse the scene, and then Eddie would step in. I think Eddie Murphy only did that to see if they'd go for it because they were so frightened of losing him. And I bet it's not a demand. I bet it's just, a, he said, I think if I ask for this, they'll give it to me because he's, they want him that much. He's a fascinating a guy. He's a bit, you know, you said about the ones that like to perform in an interview and the ones that don't. Yeah. Because uh, Eddie Murphy hasn't done stand-up for so long. There was talk about him returning to it a few years ago, but it seems to have gone away. He, in interviews as well, is is quite... Serious most most of the time. Yeah, yeah. He's still quite considered, and you're going, oh, do that thing you can do. Come on, yeah, do yeah. that thing. No. Where, whereas a Martin Short or somebody like that is boom, boom, boom. Well, Rob, I love having you on the show. I want Rob Bryden and Rob Bryden. That's a frightening thought. You could do it. I mean, you're like, doing it anyway. To be honest. I just did it then. <laughs> you did. You do it quite a lot. Are we not going to briefly talk about that incredible day at your house with Rod Stewart? Time. No, I mean Rob came along for a bit of Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart told Robbie had great legs, very strong looking. I sat next to Rod Stewart <laughs> after the show on a sofa, lucky enough to sit and chat to him. I was saying to him, "How the hell? How the?" heck do you do what you do at your age and he was telling me that thing about swimming underwater pushing the brick along the pool because yeah, yeah. Frank Sinatra told me I said alright he said but you're strong look at those legs he said great legs very strong I may put that on my next tour poster yeah why not surprisingly strong not surprisingly <laughs> there was no shock for Rod he took it in his stride Vassos so Rob next stop for us Carfest yeah you bet okay great to see you man Thank you so much. Okay. I love it. It's uh, it's a brilliant podcast. Check it out. It's uh, it's um, it's all out there. It's in vision. It's audio. It's whatever you want it to be. Uh, it's um, from wherever you get your podcasts, and it's via Wondery, and it's Rob Bryden. And thank you, Rob. Thank you, Christopher. Cheers. Happy Tuesday, Vassos. Thank you. Love the eighties. Then you'll love Virgin Radio eighties plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.